that's a full energy From bed right here, cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your own of the day, be couple guests too We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Can we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of her own, I'm in a ling It's only got one knee, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali, let's talk in With the show side, with the show side With the show side, what we see With the show side, with the show side Hello, and welcome to the Shelf Side, your weekly Spurs podcast. Hello, guys. Good evening, Kwabna. How are you doing, my bro? Uh, yeah, I'm good, Andrew. Man, I'm good. It's been um, it's been an emotional couple of weeks for many reasons um but i am given reasons to be hopeful so that's good okay so let's not beat around the bush i think it's been emotional for everybody i think the lockdown has gone on for a long time now and yeah a couple of weeks ago now we had and we saw those images from america which is basically shaking the world in one way shape or form, and it's racism, it's systemic racism, and it affects, obviously, the whole world, not just America, not just the UK, and we've seen protests around the whole world. Now, I know what you're feeling. I think that, with the weather change as well, has affected everybody's mood, and I'm glad Spurs spoke on this. I'm glad they made a statement, and Black Lives Matter... And that whole, not the movement, not the organization per se, but the movement is something we all need to think about and take stock of. I mean, I completely agree. I think whether it's the combination of the lockdown and people's attention being centered around these horrific events because people don't have that much else to do, or whether it's because people have finally had enough, I don't know. And to be frank, I don't care. What I do care about is the energy having changed, having shifted, and that people are now reacting. Because, to be honest, I mean, a lot of people are going to say that they are rioting. They're going to say that statues are being pulled down. They're going to say that they're looting, all that kind of stuff. But the way I see it is we as a people are bonded by, at times, an unspoken agreement as a society on how we should treat each other and the access we give each other to certain opportunities, goods, just kind of offerings. And when those are not being adhered to and one side of the group is not getting their equal share of the pie, there's only so long you can keep them quiet. You know, and I think that's what's happened. I think the states has been built on the black of black people. They've, you know, slavery was a huge, huge thing. Some people tell you that they should you should get over slavery, but for me, I think that's a very ignorant statement. I think people need to look at the place it is less black people. We are second to opportunities around education, around building our own wealth, access to loans, access to so many of the advantages that 
you know, white people get just because they're white. And I'm not saying it's easy for every white person. That's fine. But you and I are both black males and we both heard from our parents growing up that we needed to be twice as good for half the opportunity, right? And I think day to day, that proves itself to be true. And when you can see black people being killed in the way that they have been so mercilessly at the hands of not by serial killers and criminals, but by the police and law enforcement, it's worrying. And the first few times that happened, we marched, we complained, we asked for change, and it's continued to happen. So yes, now people are burning things, now statues are coming down, because when we knelt, they told us to get up. When we marched, they set dogs on us, and now it's been established that there's no real right way to protest. And the way I see it is, whichever protest or whichever form of protest is going to get changed is what I'm going to deem the correct way because everything else has been tried. So that's how I feel. I hear that. And I can tell in your tone, you still dose it, but it doesn't have the same energy. I mean, this is uh, a real heartfelt uh, conversation. And I think the conversations need to be had. I think people need to just listen, understand. If you don't understand, ask a question. It may be an awkward question, but ask it anyway. Try to understand because, as you touched on, there is a thing called white privilege. It is a real thing. I think that's become very apparent of late. And I know, yeah, we're a sports podcast, but hey, we have a platform and this is this is current. This is this needs to be addressed. We'll see it when the football kicks off and resumes. Players will be kneeling, apparently. So they will be touching on it too. We should be touching on it. So have those conversations. It's very important. Understand the privilege you may have if you're a white person or even a lighter than black or brown person. So it, it, it appeals to... We're appealing to everybody because... It's a worldwide problem. I'm just going to read something from Banksy, but before I do, uh, Kwabna, I can't let you just steal from the great Trevor Noah because I sent some of Trevor Noah's words with your words. So I think he inspired you with some of that knowledge he um, he put down on the um, was it this the Saturday Night Show or he does he does today he show? does he does the he does the Daily Show. But um, I actually, I actually met um, Trevor Noah last year. Um, in stop, San, stop showing off! Stop showing in, off! In stop San Jose. Off. Why? And he told me that I'm an inspiration, and he um, he listens to me, and he he likes to incorporate some of my thinking. So, you know, I respect that. Okay. That was that's in your other podcast because it's not in this one because this one didn't start last year. No, no, no. I didn't meet him on the podcast. I met him at a conference, but. Either way, he told me I was an inspiration, so I said, you know, so Trevor, listen, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's great to meet you. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he took some notes at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, people say don't meet your heroes, but I think I, don't think, I, don't think I disappointed him, so. <laughs> so let me, let me just run this Banksy. Yeah, sure. This is what Banksy said. I thought it was interesting. Um, he said, at first I thought I should just shut up and listen to black people about this issue. But why would I do that? It's not their problem. It's mine. Interesting words. That sounds a bit strange, but I'll, I'll go on. People of color are being failed by the system, the white system, like a broken pipe flooding the apartment of the people 
living downstairs. This faulty system is making their life a misery, but it's not their job to fix it. They can't, no one will let them in the apartment upstairs. This is a white problem, and if white people don't fix it, someone will have to come upstairs and kick the door in. I like the analogy, I like the sentiment, and he has a point, but I think we're all in it together. But what I think Banksy is saying is that everybody needs to do their part. 100%, so, man, 100%. And I think it's funny because now when I look at my timeline, like a couple of people that, um, you know, they follow you. Are they like friends? I don't know. Are they cyber friends? I don't know what they are. But like, they start to make certain comments and you're like, this is an attack on racism. It's not an attack on white people. And that's a really important point. Exactly. So if you turn around and me saying that you should have these difficult conversations in order to level the playing field, in order to make sure that people are given access to the same rights as you, despite the difference in the color of their skin, and you have a problem with that, then you are inherently part of the problem. There's no denying it. If you think I am ruffling feathers by saying a man shouldn't be killed because a white police officer puts his knee on his neck and I've got a problem with that and all the things that I reflect and the white privilege that I reflect. If you have a problem with me saying that, then you're also part of the problem and then you're not someone that, you know, I currently need to be engaged with. If you have those views, but you're willing to come to the table for us to have a conversation about it, for me to educate you and for you to, of course, educate me and we can have a dialogue, great. If not, keep it moving because whether you like it or not, change is coming. I fully believe that. Nothing lasts forever, man. At one point, it's gonna the, the system will come falling down. Indeed. And I think it's important we started the pod with that because looking at some of our stats, obviously we've got millions and millions of listeners all around the world. Well, we don't have millions. We don't even have a million. But we do have listeners um, in North America. Um, I want to shout the guys in Clifton, New Jersey, who rank the highest um, from our, our American listeners. And we have guys in Canada, in Whitehorse, Canada as well. So these are all the top rankings. And Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. And obviously all across the UK. So thank you to you guys for supporting. Continue to listen. And now we'll talk about some football. So we've been away for a bit of an extended period, Kwabna. A few more days extra than normal. And in that time, there's not been much Spurs news. Uh, the biggest news of the moment is uh, Deli Ali has received a one-match ban for his uh, coronavirus um, mistake. It's really stupid of him. Uh, but you get this with um, young Mavericks, and he will be missing the Man United game, and he scored that fantastic goal up at Old Trafford. Just shows you what he can do, even in a less than great season. I'm not going to call it a poor season. So, will he be missed? Um, I think he will be missed. Um, I think the thing about him is that what people don't realise about Ali um, is when he's not scoring or getting assists, people wonder, like, what's he doing? And we discussed this before. But I think his willingness to run off the ball, to occupy defenders, and just be the kind of person that you can't leave alone means he's an asset. He's probably got the best movement in our squad. He knows how to pop up in the most advantageous places and punish people. Like he, he loves to exploit space. So it's difficult. But what it does do, 
it gives us an opportunity to try a more, I guess, conventional number 10. Someone who is concerned solely with linking the midfield and the attack, creating opportunities, scoring goals. It forces us to look at that because when Ali's fit, he's actually undroppable and he causes a selection problem. You can't put him out wide because it's not like he's traditionally someone with a lot of pace who's going to beat a man, right? But he does like to come in from the left and exploit that, exploit that space, which is great. But Son is also great from coming in from the left and he can shoot both feet, right? So you've got that kind of problem. He's best when he's playing the second striker, but when you play him as a second striker, you then lose one body in midfield. So do you lose that creative guy or do you lose the kind of metronome role? Which one do you go for? So, yeah, it's hard. But I think in his absence, our midfield takes a more conventional shape. And with Harry Kane back, I think this is a time where we can afford to do that. My worry is that if the team manages to function really well without him being there, it's only one game, but it could cause more headache for him trying to get back in the side. So I'm looking for my comment. I'm just still Googling the word metronome. Sorry. Um, can you stop showing off, please? Just because you met Trevor Noah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that about Ali, because um, depending on who replaces him, uh, there's talk of playing 4-3-3, uh, potentially giving the opportunity for Dombele to play in a midfield um, two in the base with either Sissoko or, or a Winks. Uh, I think Dyer would be suspended uh, also. And then the Celso maybe be in that third man in midfield, but with more license to join. And Bergwijn and Son. and Which sounds mouth-watering. Like, think about that team. That sounds sick. But then it's like, if Ali's fit, like, you, it's almost like people want to play him into form, right? Like, he, at the beginning of Mourinho's reign, great, great start, and then it kind of went off the boil as people became, as we got more and more injuries and he had to do more by himself. So now it's like the team's fully fit again. It's great to have him in there, but that 4 3 3 sounds delicious to me, but I don't know where I put Ali in that 4 3 3. don't know where it goes. No, and I think we had this debate on another pod when we spoke about the Mourinho reimagined and... Yeah, he, he poses a problem. And I think Ali, in a fully functional attacking side, is perfect because, as you touched on, he finds that space. And he finds that space in between lines. No one's picking him up. There's so many players to worry about. Everything's moving. And he's got that movement to pop up, unmarked, untracked, and bang, he's got a goal. So we're going to miss him. But I think, like you say, there are options. We haven't mentioned Demela. We haven't mentioned Mora. They'll be there or thereabouts as well. And Mora, not Mora, sorry, Lamella, scored a goal in that training game that I, when we spoke last week off air, I said was 1-1. And then I see footage of another goal, and it was Lamella taking on three players and scoring. So obviously there was no tackling, no serious tackling, because it was a Spurs 11 versus a Spurs 11 at the stadium. But he could be playing himself into form if fit. So there are options for Spurs. More on that game. So 
I'm not sure if it was 2-1. Um, they only released three goals. But we played a game without Lo Celso, without Sanchez, without Taganga, and somebody else who's escaped me now. But everybody suspected they were injured. I've seen Lo Celso, I've seen Taganga. I haven't seen Sanchez in any photos. But more about the game. They said Bergwijn looked good. I didn't see too much of him. Uh, Ali scored a good goal in that game. It's a shame he's missing. Aurier got an assist for the Ali goal. And Dombele scored a good goal. But the defence didn't look so great on either side. Yeah. I don't know what don't know what you caught of that. But. Yeah, I mean, I didn't catch any of um, the training game. But it was like... I'd seen clips. So when I said I didn't catch any of it, I didn't watch any of it. But like, I saw clips afterwards and of the goals and like little things that had been done. Um, and I guess the defensive error that led to Ali's goal was, it just felt like we were napping. And this is my problem. Like, for Mourinho, who's got a reputation as like being really solid, I'm really interested to see what he does to bring that solidity back to Spurs that we had under Pochettino. I'm just interested to see what he thinks the tools are. He's He's got a much older squad than Pochettino did. Um, and our defence wasn't great towards the end of his tenure. So it's like, it's, he's, Mourinho's also got a great record of getting the most out of players who are nearing the end of their careers. So I just want to know what his approach is going to be to tighten that up because losing is one thing, but it's like the cheap goals are just infuriating. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't concede half of those cheap goals, we wouldn't be in a position we're in. I mean, they're really cheap goals. But this this notion of age inside, right? The re- we're in actually a rebuild process, right? So if you look at your... Okay, we didn't buy Taganga, but he's in the squad. We've got Sessegnon. We've got Davison Sanchez. We've got Ali. We've got Lo Celso. We've got Dombele. We've got Winks. All of those players I've mentioned are 24 and under. Yeah, they are. They are. Right? And they're all first team established players, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kane is 27. Son's 27. Uh, I thought Kane was was 25. Is Kane 27? Yeah, he's getting older. He's Lord, getting older we are... Yeah, we need to use no, this window, mate. No, wait. Wait, is Kane 27? I think he's 27 now. I'm pretty sure I saw he's 27. That's mad. Maybe that is wrong. mad. No, Son's 27. Maybe Kane is 25, 26. I'm going to have to Google that one. Or maybe you Google it, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's older than the rest. He's definitely old, a couple of years older than Ali, and Ali turned 24 the other day. So... Yeah, there's kids around me. Since I've had the young ones again, I can't believe half the ages these kids have grown up to. So maybe Kane has grown up a little bit more than we think. 26. 26. Yeah. When's his birthday? 28th of July. So he's, so he's 27. 27. That is so, mad. So, we, are, we, we are using up this guy's prime, you know? We better do something quickly. Well... That's why there's all this talk, right? Of he's off, he's off, we don't win anything. But we shall see. We shall see on that note. But yeah, that was that was the training game. It was a little bit 
Alarming, as you say, in defence. But I don't think he's. it's a training game at the end of the day. I think Mourinho needs to focus on his defensive partnership, hone in on it and stick with it. This chopping and changing isn't building, helping building up that partnership. And obviously we need um, that DM to protect. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I think next next episode we will do a proper preview of the Man United game. Football is almost back. Are you finally coming to the party, Kwabna, and are the hairs on the back of your neck slowly standing up? I'm nowhere near as excited about the return as I thought I would be. Um, probably because of the precarious situation that we find ourselves in. Because we're, I don't know, I wouldn't be that surprised if we missed out on Champions League football, which is quite a sad position to be in. Um, but remember, fifth is good enough, and we play Man United off the bat, straight out of the gate. So three points there puts us back in contention with eight games left. That is true. That is true. And it's like, it's kind of two ways it can go about it. It can either go the way of so many times in the past where. Like, before Pochettino, we would see ourselves, like, fall away in the race and come up, just come up short. Or it could be, like, when Harry Redknapp took over and there was, like, that surge. Do you remember when we beat Chelsea and then we beat Arsenal, we beat United and Bale was, like, in another world and, you know, and we ended up finishing fourth? Like, that could also happen. The thing is, we, we fell off. It's important to remember that we fell off when we had all those injuries. And now all those players are back they're fit, you know, maybe we can do something now. Now we can get back to, because when, when Mourinho had a full squad, he had taken the most amount of points from games other than Liverpool. So if he can get back to that kind of form, we can do it. And if we can do it and get and secure that Champions League money, that would be huge. It'll be a huge summer for us. It'll be a huge summer for us. Yeah, and I, I make you right. And I think we, we need to now utilise the leaders. In our side, we don't have many. So you touched on this before, Kwabna, that we had Lloris, Toby, Vertonghen, Danny Rose, you say Dyer, and was that it? Was there any more? Yeah, you, no, that's, you highlighted. That's, that's it. And obviously, Rose has not quite gone, but he won't be there for the remaining nine games. Dyer is going to miss some of that time. Uh, with that, I think he'll get at least a two or three game suspension for going into the crowd. Uh, Vertonghen's not really going to be in the first team. So that leaves Toby and Loris. And Loris isn't that kind of vocal leader. So who is going to lead us? I can only think of one man at the moment. Go on. And that's Harry, Harry Kane. He's the uh, England captain. He's vice-captain, he does talk, he does try and lead by example, he is kind of one of those ultimate professionals, does the right thing. But away from um, Harry, who have we got? And why is that problematic? I guess it's, to be honest, I do consider Ali to be um, a leader. I think Dele is like a, I think he is a leader. Um, can I just can I stop you there right? yeah go on I'm going to let you continue 
But you're, you are now saying Ali is a leader on the same podcast we are breaking the news that he is um, serving or going to serve a one-match suspension for his coronavirus m- mockery on his Snapchat. So, continue. Who he is on social media and who he is on the pitch are two different people. Like, that's it. Okay. People, people, people go on social media out of boredom or whatever and they make jokes that aren't funny sometimes ignorant sometimes offensive that doesn't change the fact that on the pitch when he's trying to get things done he doesn't shy away and to me that's that's leadership quality right people look to him for for guidance and and he's a different kind of leader Ali's the kind of guy that you want on the football pitch but you don't necessarily give the captain's armband to and when we were at our I guess our best over the past few seasons, our team was littered with not only leaders, but leaders who were performing at a high level. Now those leaders are there, but they're not performing at a high level. And it's hard to be a leader when you're not. They're also leading by example. Larice is questionable these days. Toby is not the, the player he was. Jan is not the player he was. Dyer hasn't found form for like two and a half years. That's a big problem. So to me, yeah, we don't really have leaders, but I think there's opportunities to grow new ones. Like, I think there's been some, there's something about Lacelso's demeanor that makes me feel like he could be a leader, which, you know, I'm more than happy to, to see flourish. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I feel like Harry Winks is an emotional leader, kind of, you know? He's like the heart and soul of the club because he's a young kid who, who's just happy to be there. Do you know what I mean? Harry Kane, Harry, Harry Kane is like, yes, he's one of our own. But he's also, like, one of the best strikers in the world, right? I don't think Harry Winks would be as good a player in any other club because of how much he loves Tottenham. That's why he's effective. And that's a different kind of emotional leadership. But apart from those three I've mentioned, you know, it's not the same. Like, Son is a, Son is a feel-good character around the club and he... he makes people positive and reminds them about the enjoyment of football. But, and he's also he's also actually a very he's a great clutch performer, but he's not. I wouldn't consider him to be like a leader in that sense. So, yeah, we don't have much great leadership at the moment. So it's pretty much by committee. And until we make some signings and shake things up, those leaders aren't going to be able to emerge. Because whilst the shadow of former leaders looms large over the club, you can't really get the new ones in to stand up because they're not going to be. No one's going to talk Lloris down. No one's going to talk Yan down. Yan's not even playing. He's not even playing, but he's still not. He's still pretty much untouchable from that point of view. So it's like they say, mother. They say that necessity is a mother of all invention, right? So once those people go, and you realise you do need people to step up, that's when they'll step up. But while they're still at the club, I don't see it happening. So I mean, you touched on a few players there that I would like to just probably explore a bit more. So, Dyer, not found form for two and a half years. I think he's had some illness issues. By all accounts, he's looking a lot trimmer at the moment. So, and we know Mourinho likes him, right? We know Mourinho likes his maturity that he had by playing overseas as a youngster. Uh, I know he spent his formative years in Portugal, but he was a English youth in Portugal. Obviously, he speaks Marino's native tongue. I think he has that passion, that desire. 
I think he won't be spoken down to and he will always say what he thinks. I think if he's in the side and he can regain form, I think he could blossom into a leader. He's captain this country, I believe. Um, somebody else who's captain their country, and you're going to laugh at me when I say this, but I'm just putting it out there, is Serge Aurier. So just saying he's captain his country. Um, no, hold on. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. <laughs> you don't get to throw out, oh, so he's captain. Okay, so what's your point? He's captain the country, and so what? He's got experience of captaining. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, shameless. You're shameless. You need to take a well, long hard look at yourself. Well, the thing is, I have to back up my comments of last week when I mentioned Ant and Deck, and you almost wanted to throw me out the window. So I thought I'd just, you know, play on that, that Serge Aurier is a captain. Maybe not one for Spurs, but he is a captain. I didn't say he's a leader. I said he's a captain. I think young Jaff, Jaffet Tanganga, I think he's got the kind of presence. He will have the presence if he grows the way I expect him to grow. But the demeanour of a leader, maybe one in the mould of Ledley King. And I'm not saying that because he's young, he came through the ranks and he's a defender. Um, I'm saying that because he seems cool under pressure. Um, I like what you said about the uh, Celso. I know what you mean about the Celso. He's the type of player who always wants the ball. When the situation's tough, doesn't matter. Give me the ball. I will lead. I will progress it. I will retain it. And yeah, he can grow into that kind of leader by example um, in our team. And I agree with Ali. That kind of surprised me, that one. But thinking about it now, I know exactly what you mean as well because he is a clutch performer, big game performer. How many players at our club, and I'm talking Son Kane in this bracket as well, can say they've scored against Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Real Madrid in big games, in really big games. And I'm talking equalising goals or winning goals and more than once. Yep. And that man's done it. So fair play to him. He needs to mature a little bit. He won't ever wear the captain's armband on a regular basis, but he will be somebody we can look to. And that's just got me thinking. This is just random. I'm just I'm flying by the seat of my pants now. Uh, which of Ali's, and I'm thinking best goals now, because some of the, uh, this is the other thing, right? In those big games, he scored some tap-ins, but he scored some really good goals. So I've got the Chelsea goal, the control and volley from the Ericsson pass. Beautiful. That's goal, con- Beautiful. Yeah, goal contender number one. Goal contender number two is obviously not a big game, but a massive goal. Um, the Crystal Palace goal. Yeah, special. Yeah. The Man United goal this season. Oh, the e- magnificent. The goal. That was yeah. magnificent. That's goal number three. And then the goal against the enemy at their ground, uh, came through ball, touch, oh, and death flick. Yeah. So which one of those four goals ranks? Actually, rank those goals for me, please, in order. Um, so the first one was is the one against Arsenal, number one, because it's in three, three Swiss passes. We go from defence to attack. And he finishes it quite from quite far out, 
a chip from quite far out on the bounce the outside of his foot. That's mad. Then it's uh, against Chelsea. The control and the finish was sublime in quite a tight space. Quite a tight and space, but on the move. Yeah. But that run, that's yeah. what you touched on earlier, right? Finding that space, yeah, exactly. knowing when to be, knowing when to go. Yeah. That's, and he, to get in between the defenders like that is, you know, great instinct. Um, then it's the Man United one. And this one would have been higher probably if it was in a win because to, to, he bamboozles all the defenders in the box. He's got pretty much the six-yard box to play in. He's right in front of the keeper. He brings the ball back from behind him to finish in the far, in the far side of the goal. Oh, magic. Um, and then Crystal Palace won his last, not because it doesn't involve a lot of skill, but I feel like I've seen... I've seen those kind of goals a couple of times by special players. And when you give them space and they pull that kind of stuff off, it's like, don't get me wrong, it was special, especially for the audacity for him to do that at that age. But you'll see more of those than you will the other, the other three. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to have to do my ranking now. Yeah, I think you will. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy that you just disminished Disminish that goal, the Palace goal, just because I don't know. Do you? Will you see that? I'm not that diminishing. It. I'm not diminishing it, but like control, control, like some level of like. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's take it back. <laughs> this is early, Ali. This is really early, Ali. Right? Think of the goals he had scored before that. Right? I don't think he'd scored a volley from us. So talk, talk us through that goal in your eyes. So the ball comes um, over. From um, from Ericsson, um, on the left hand side of the pitch. Well, he's not. I think Ericsson's on the right hand side, doesn't it? Is a cross ball over. Yeah, cross cross ball over. And it's headed to him, right? Yes, and it's headed to him. Yeah. And then Uh, what does he do? And where is he? So he taps it. He's outside the area on the left hand side of the Crystal Palace like penalty area. He gets the ball, hits it over. So one touch control. Knee. Is, is it over Yedinak's head? It's Yedinak, yeah. 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 One touch control, knee, it's over Yedinak's head, and then on Spins. the swivel, on the swivel, yeah. volleys it into the bottom left-hand corner. In the bottom <laughs> yeah, I mean, right-hand corner. Yeah, you do that every day. Wow, I can't even do that in training. What? You can. I know for a fact <laughs> you can. You're, you're talking nonsense. You have, it. you know, if someone told you, right, if someone told you, you ha- I'll give you a million pounds if you can re- recreate one of those goals first time, you better, you better choose that Crystal Palace goal because you're not doing the rest of them. I'll tell you that for free. You are not doing the rest of them. What? No way. No That's the way. hardest one. Okay, we're, we're going to, we're going to, you know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. It's going to go to the polls. Yeah, do, do the polls, mate. <laughs> one of them was just, one of them was, one of them was basically keep, um, kick-ups. Keep with a volley. Yeah. <laughs> one of those kick-ups with a volley, yeah. The other ones were intricate Intricate pieces of control. Volley. The control that was required with all those other ones was just un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, once you, once you're, you're in kick-up mode, once you're in kick-up mode, you're in complete <laughs> well, control. Happen. You're in complete control. Once you're doing kick-ups, you're in complete control. The but man said he was basically doing kick-ups. He didn't have to swivel over a player right, and listen, volley listen, the other listen. side from 20 once this, yards. Once this corona stuff is done, yeah? Let's get back to the pitch. And I'm telling you, if you have to recreate one of them, that's the one you're, get, that's the one you're competing for. I'll bet my mortgage on it. 
that's the one you're getting done for. And that's why it's number four. Okay. So what did we say? We said Chelsea. No, no, I said Arsenal. Arsenal. No, no, I'm just saying the goals. Oh, I'm just reminding yeah. myself. Sorry. The yeah. Chelsea, the Arsenal, Man U, Palace. Yeah. So I'm putting the oh they're all hard it's hard. I haven't even thought about this. I see what you're saying about the palace goats, because the it was like oh, okay, control. But the the audacity was just outrageous from such a young man. You think that's outrageous? Think about what he did with the other like he did have to finish do you know what? When he finished that goal against Arsenal, right? He could have controlled yeah, it. Yeah, that was audacious. That was he audacious, could have run. yeah. He could have t- tried to take around the keeper. Well. He could just yeah. basically sort it in the bottom corner. He took the water. They tried to, he just loved you with the outside of his boots. Come on, man. Yeah, one touch. Nah, just so check nah, nah, advance. Nah. Yeah, that nah, was audacious. Nah, 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 nah. But it was League Cup. So I'm going to put that. I'm actually going to put that goal fourth because it was League Cup. That's why I'm, I'm, so, yeah, I'm, I'm proud. I'm doing it. Um, I actually really like the Man United goal and I'm I'm like you I think had that been a winning goal that would have been replayed a lot more than it's yeah. actually being replayed I think that was that's piece of skill there I'm not going to say it was Hoddle but do you know the goal we spoke about with Matt where he shimmies past the line of defence yeah that was similar in the sense that you used the word bamboozle just bamboozled the whole defence and it almost looks like a bad touch to start off with but it's a great touch it's actually a sublime touch I actually think that touch is better than the touch for the control for the goal against Chelsea so Chelsea's going but then we won for the first time there yep this is not easy is it it's not easy mate but you made your decision you made your decision I'm very happy with it as well I'm going to go... Okay, Palace then goes third. Manu goes second. Chelsea goes first. Just because Chelsea was important. We don't win at the bridge. And this is what Ali can do. He can give us that that X factor when he's ready. But yeah, enough about Ali. He's not going to be there next week. We've got to find a way. So I'm going to play a little game. All right. We played we played this last week when we spoke, and listeners, I've got to say this: Fab was awful. Right? Was awful. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I was going to say that, did you? Oh, no, it wasn't awful. Wow. It, it wasn't awful. You all know the game. It's the Wikipedia game. Uh, I say Wikipedia. There are other online encyclopedias. Actually, there aren't. Doesn't matter. It's the Wikipedia game where you pick a Spurs player and you read out only their club history and the other person has to guess that player. And we are playing for five points each time we play this. Um, we did the other one off air. Uh, remind me who you didn't get last week and you call yourself a midfielder? Um, yeah, Nicola Bert, man. With four clues, was it? I, I don't want to get involved in, like, saying how many clues there were. Like, I just think that's... I think that's just a bit gauche. Like, there's no need for that. Okay, so my bad. My bad. Yeah. And who that. did I get? Well, I made it really easy. Well, Steph, Stephen Dalmat. <laughs> well, how did you make it really easy? Stephen Dalmat. Stephen Dalmat. Yeah. Easy. How was that easy? That took everything in my being to pull that out. Really? 
Yeah, it's embarrassing. I was under pressure. You were like, you only got 30 seconds. I started doing countdowns and stuff. <laughs> All right. I didn't even, and that was on my first guess. I didn't even get no any clues. Yeah, no, I thought, I personally thought it was a random guess, but whatever, it's fine. A random guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see how we get on this week. I'm not bitter, though. That's fine. That's okay. Who's going first? Uh, you go first. So I'm going to read out my player first, yes. yeah? Yeah. I told you I'm going to make this easy this week, right? Uh, I said I'm going to make it easier. Uh, you started supporting Spurs. When did you say 91? Yeah. Ish. Ish. Okay, so cool. You should get this. This is it, it gets easier with this one, but let's see. Millwall, Tottenham Hotspur, Millwall, Southampton, Tottenham Hotspur, Liverpool, QPR, Lone, West Ham United, Crystal Palace, Swindon Town, Wellingborough, Whitworth. What? <laughs> ah, that's, that's what it wild, is, mate. So they play for Millwall twice. They play for Spurs twice. They play for who else? Southampton, Liverpool, QPR loan. So that's whilst at Liverpool. Yeah. West Ham, Palace, Swindon, and then Wellingborough, Whitworth. Yeah, that be Palace. And. Okay, well in by, uh, I don't know what he did all the time. Who do we sign for Millwall? Millwall. Millwall, Liverpool. I don't want any clues yet. I know, I mean, I mean, we're not recording a podcast or anything, so it's not like you've got all day or anything, but yeah, I'm just saying. Millwall, Liverpool. Palace and Tottenham. Play for Tottenham twice. Ah, it's going to piss me off. Okay, can I have one clue, please? Oh, God. He is sharp. Think of what could give you a cut or a nick. Razor Ruddock. Neil Razor Ruddock. He played for Millwall twice. He played for us twice. Yes. Well, technically, he didn't make any appearance for Millwall, but he was at Millwall. That's where we got him from. Uh, He only played nine games for Spurs and then broke his leg, I believe, and then was sold back to Liverpool, um, to Millwall. Uh, played two league games and then went to Southampton's where he kind of made his mark. So that was really the clue with Southampton because that was 92 we bought him. And then he played a season for us, did really well, 38 games, three league goals. And then that's when he went to made it, um, his move to Liverpool and then spent the majority of his career there, most games played there. And then, yeah, the rest of it was, apart from the West Ham spell, was a bit meh. But, yeah, Razor Reddick, four points. Who you got for me? All right. So, he played for Argentinos Juniors, Ipswich, 
Spurs, West Ham, AS Villanueva's, Castidas, and finished at Brighton and Hove Albion. All right, you've gone for a tricky one here. Tricky dicky. All right, so I'll say it again. So Argentinos Juniors, Ipswich Town, Tottenham Hotspur, West Ham. I mean, I can't be played for Tottenham and West Ham, but AS Villanueva's, and then Castidas, but finished his career at Brighton and Hove Albion. So he said, just so, let me just get this right, because you kind of went into something else. He was, forget the Argentinian club, an Argentinian club, Ipswich, then Spurs, was it? Yeah. Ipswich, Spurs, and then where did he go from Spurs? West Ham? Yeah. That's the one that blindsided me, mate. I don't remember, I don't remember if he ever played for West Ham. Ipswich, Spurs... Then West Ham, Ipswich Spurs, West Ham, Ipswich Spurs, West Ham. I have got nothing right now. I've got one player, but I thought he came from Brighton. You thought he came from Brighton? Again, sure. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, because so the only, the only, the only player is... I could think of that played for West Ham and Tottenham also played for Brighton. So I could, I, I know exactly what, what you're thinking, but what, did you say you want a clue? Or do you want to guess? No, no, no. I can guess because last week we guessed and I still get to guess again. Yeah. So, the only... It's Tariko. That's the only person I can think of. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Da, 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 da. So, that was just me doing some crazy... Yeah, you hate me. Listen, I know my Spurs. It's oh, uh, yes, because he came from Ipswich. I thought he came from Brighton. I was slightly confused. But you gave it away with the Argentinian. And then I was like, yes. Yeah, oh my God. This is gonna I, be I don't long... remember him playing for West Ham. This is going to be a long series, bro. I know that. I know that. No, it's 5-4. It's 5-4. It's 5-4. It's all right. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. So, nah. Dalmat wasn't a fluke. You're realising that now, right? Yeah, nah. Well, what? Listen, what? Two, two. That's lucky. It's beginner's luck, mate. Okay. That's what you say. Beginner's luck, man. <laughs> but listen... Football's coming back next week. Yep. Kicks off with uh, two games. There's going to be a lot, a lot of football on TV. So women, if you're not into football, I shouldn't say women, that's very sexist. If you're not into football, whoever you are and your other half is, I'm sorry, but there's going to be a lot of football on. And next week's show, which will come out shortly after this, will do a proper full pre-match review. So, until then, I think it's over to you, Kwabna. Thank you very much for listening, whether you're listening in Canada, the States, or the UK, the United Arab Emirates, wherever you might be, thank you very much for listening. Um, Australia as well. Australia, yeah, that's true. Um, Please remember and think about the statements that are made at the beginning of the show. Please share the pod. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, get those reviews in because they really do help with the ranking um, we're going to be reading out the reviews um, soon so who knows you might be featured 5 stars only because we only give you 5 star content but for now it's good night from me and it's good night from me the winner of the Wikipedia quiz be sure to follow us on the <laughs> Shell side for Twitter account but until then 
Run that outro. Show side, show side, show side, talking. 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 Show side